Welcome, one and all, to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Here today to talk about Season 4 of Star Trek Lower Decks. Before we dive on in, Pete, do want to mention... Yesterday, we discussed the likely series finale for Loki on our Marvel Studios Saturday. A very hearty discussion. Yeah, and interesting that it dropped the same day as the next thing we're going to talk about um, and all the impressions that come with that. Yeah, tomorrow on uh, Marvel's Monday, we'll be talking the Marvels. Looking forward to that discussion. Spoiler alert. You and I both enjoyed the movie. We had a good time at the movies with our friends, the Marvels. Um, and I the... seem to be seeing that from a lot of people who actually saw the movie, Matt. It's funny. People have, have not seen it, don't like it. People <laughs> who actually went and watched it like it. Interesting how that phenomenon works. But get us your feedback. We'll be bringing that to you tomorrow, the Marvels Monday. And starting to turn the corner back to Star Trek here with the SAG-AFTRA strike now concluded uh, and many shows having already announced a return to work date and so forth. Thus far, no such announcement for Strange New Worlds. But we also now have the cast of Star Trek Discovery who can promote that. We just need one thing, Pete. We need a date. Get us that Star Trek Discovery final season five date um it's it's finished it's ready to go uh paramount plus probably squirreling that away until the labor difficulty had been settled great uh it's really good time between now and thanksgiving to make that announcement and to say all right come in january 2024 uh, here's your final season of the thing that relaunched Star Trek on the small screen. I do wonder if maybe Paramount is waiting for another space-based series, i.e. Skeleton Crew, Star Wars, and so forth. Are they waiting for Disney to announce a date first so they can piggyback, <laughs> so they can avoid? I don't know how, I don't know what the, the, the thought process is there, but... There is, of course, the very weird podcast potential for, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of a sudden, we're doing Star Wars and Star Trek at the same time for eight of the nine weeks. Similar to how there was Lower Decks and Loki for most of their combined run. I mean, hey, ten years in, we've done it before. I'm sure we'll do it again. Uh, but squaring back up to Lower Decks here, Matt, some discussion uh, via Mike McMahon on the direction that season five will take and some interesting takeaways. Um, obviously, there was the Tendi uh, is leaving and, you know, dimwits everywhere. Oh, my God, they've written her off the show. Uh, confirmed, not off the show particularly like the show itself, as we discussed last week, the episode itself, one of the characters might have been Rutherford. Somebody's like, I'm not that worried. She'll be back. Like, how much more direct does the show have to be to say, despite the fact that there's not going to be new episodes until next late summer, early fall, the, the voyage continues, the production continues, and 
And yeah, and she'll be back, no worries. Pete, what other tea leaves have you seen for episode, uh, pardon me, for uh, season five? Interestingly enough, uh, there's going to be more Ma'a, our Klingon captain, who uh, McMahon has taken to calling the Klingon Boimler. Uh, well, I would welcome that. You know, it's it's Star Trek. It's Star Trek Lower Decks. If you want to tell me characters can take twists and turns even from the great beyond and so forth, from from zero to captain to nothing to zero to captain again, sure, bring it on. And also a promise of the return of the episodic uh, element, less so of the serialized storytelling, which I think... Matt and I are in agreement was a little oversold for this season. Yeah. I mean, just because we got in the beginning, you know, just because there was the mystery of the ships being destroyed slash being disappeared. I mean, I'm looking, I'm just looking over this saying, okay, the two Vix episode, does that greatly impact the, the, Nick Locarno story at the end of the season, no. Uh, similarly for uh, the the Moopsie episode, delightful as it was, and yes, that has the attack of the Romulan vessel, but it's not like, oh, and then they used the Moopsie power to undo the thing or to open the thing, you know, and so forth. So, yeah, this was a this was a fun season. I think frequently we were saying. Uh, not because of the serialized elements. I think that frequently we were saying, yeah, I'm not loving this season as much as other seasons. I'm liking this season. Uh, but we'll see we'll see when it's all over how it comes together. And I do think it I do think the entire season is improved is improved by the season wide look at it. Yeah. And when you consider the long range story, both the idea of this threat the the nova one the nova fleet and nick lacarno and then dovetailed with that mariners increasing you know death wish and to weave them together uh their meeting uh her um friendship with uh cedo and have that all uh intertwined okay you know, it, it was a big season for her. She's the lead character. Um, but yeah, I, I think we're not quite to the seasons we've had in the past. I, I still kind of think of season two as the as the peak. Um, but I think it was an improvement over season three. I think, too, back to this topic of the serialization is is the through line in this season substantially greater than you know thinking back to season one oh wait she's the captain's daughter who knows do people know they don't say it like that whole kind of question of how's this going to impact things who knows this kind of again the the, the nick lacarno stuff and the the mystery ship and all of that a bit bigger stakes but only because they were spending 30 seconds in the first episode saying look a thing got destroyed and ditto for the second and ditto for the fourth and you know etc etc um, but I feel very satisfied by this outing. I, I do think that perhaps the series is in a little bit of a, I don't want to say sophomore slump. That's too negative. They're in the middle of the series. They're in this middle portion where 
Yes, they all get promotions this season, so we are advancing them as people. Ditto for Mariner by the end, has advanced as a person. It's a little like, are you really going to go to the bar in Cheers every time? Because that's the idea of the show. At what point is it the Cheers crew goes and plays softball because that now is different and is different what we want i think the show i think lower decks is a little bit there and it's not leading to a bad product nor a diluted product it's just what do you do when you're not also when you're not brand new out of the gate and you have all these new ideas and all these well let's hold off to season two to season three and what do you do similarly when it's not like well how do we set them up for the end and hopefully the end is a far way off but I think the show is just figuring out where it's at in this middle portion of its run. Coming off the bounce of being exposed to a wider audience in season two of Strange New Worlds with the crossover episode and then the reference early in this season, I was just wishing they'd swing a little bit bigger. Um, and for me, the the place where they could have done that was with your your killer AIs, was with Jeffrey Combs, Agamus, and Peanut Hamper. And for me, that could have replaced the Locarno bit. I get it. They wanted to return to Robert Duncan McNeil's character, and he got him on board with that and did this whole season-long arc. That's fine. Um I just don't know that the yucks were there, Matt. I mean, sometimes this show seems to forget it's a comedy. Um, you know, I, I know people have pushed back on the idea of, of parody, and I would tend to agree with them that it's that it's not parody, but it's the place where we can explore humor far more often than the other shows. And I just think it was too rife with possibilities. Those three super over-the-top characters, yes, uh, uh, an evil um, planet-controlling AI. We've seen that before with Agamus. The silliness of the exocomp and and just the craziness that comes out of Peanut Hamper's, uh, you know, voice box. And then Badgie offering something you're never, ever going to get in live action. And you put them all in the same episode. And even then you kind of sideline peanut hamper with that. I, I was so hopeful for that episode. And, you know, you look at the original Badgie episode and the zaniness that came with that. The first Agamus episode is tremendous the second peanut hamper, the the one where we follow her whole adventure on the bird planet is Mount Rushmore of uh, Lower Decks stuff. And that episode, a few badgies more, really should have been there, and it, it wasn't. I just, I want to redo, man. It is interesting to reflect on the notion of comedy in this series it has me thinking you know if you if you do a high school as a setting the comedy is easier than college which might be easier than first workplace which is easier than like suits the comedic episode you know where you just kind of can't quite imagine it in that setting which is to say 
the immaturity, not of this show, not of this production, when when these are truly the lower, the lowest of lower deckers, that's a little bit more conducive to comedy. And the characters warrant maturity. The characters warrant moving through time in a in a real way, not that, you know, Harry Kim, the perpetual ensign, 80s, 90s TV, where where we're kind of frozen in our start point. Uh, but with the characters maturing means they're also less susceptible to easy comedy um and don't get me wrong i want these characters to mature and we've also seen them be funny for example in the lower decks or pardon me in the uh, stranger worlds crossover but i do wonder if as a production if you're going to do right by you know like finally after 39 episodes in the 40th episode or i guess it was technically in the 39th but you know after almost 40 episodes let's now confront why mariner is the way she is which sometimes is entertaining and sometimes is inspiring and sometimes is silly but let's treat it as real what is it oh it's this big psychological issue here and this notion of loss and self-worth and value and all the introspection and it's a little diff- difficult to go from her saying, for my friend died, and that has made me value my life less. You then can't beam down to Planet Fart, right? You just can't <laughs> do those two things. Um, so I will just conclude my thought here by saying, if we are taking the Star Trek Discovery assets after season five, whether it's set assets, whether it's writers, producers, whether it's just the general momentum of that series. And if we're going to turn that portion of the Star Trek universe into the Academy series in the 32nd century, it does make me wonder, and I'm not saying let's cancel lower decks, let's stop Star Trek animation, so on and so forth. Is there a place where we do, and pardon the portmanteau here, do we do, you know, um, lower decks, the college years or lower decks, the grown the mid decks or something like that where it's not it's not what this original concept is it is a bit more mature i don't know with tendy this season and having established before her orion past and even into the strange new world episode that there had been a relative of hers it was her grandmother, I believe, right on yeah. the uh, on the science, the Orion science vessel. What there were Orion scientists, those old scientists doubling down on that um, to have the uh, something borrowed, something green episode, you know, for here come back around in the finale, I, I think paid off far better. And then you spin her into season five. OK. She's going to go and be the best pirate version of herself uh, and really make her sister regret bringing her back before she returns to Starfleet. It's an episode that worked on its own. It's an episode that works with the notion of it impacting the finale and impacting next season. It is interesting kind of looking through this episode list here, you know, after something borrowed, something green is is the beta episode which on the one hand definitely has a certain level of zaniness to it you know the drunk horny diplomats and so forth and the exact nature of what's causing you know a naked now time incident on the ship and so forth um 
So on the one hand, that should all work. That that's kind of what we're asking for, right? Can can we return to the comedy? Well, here's the here's the comedic of comedic things and and so forth. Um, however, it ends with oh, here's more info on the mysterious ship. You know, did it need to do that, or couldn't it, could it not have just been zany on its own? The way, frankly, as you mentioned, Pete, the peanut hamper. Uh, bird people episode from last you know from from season three that just was able to stand on its own completely uh without support i don't know i i feel like there's so there's a number of strong this is a strong lineup episodes one through ten of the fourth season but we keep circling like something didn't quite gel and i don't know that the issue is the serial story it just there's a, a little something was missing I, I just don't think you had a breakthrough moment for as much as they did the two parter at the end and they built to that. Um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, even you look at the eighth episode caves here, it was cute. And Oh, Hey, we've had all these interactions and, and missions with other people all taking place in caves or things like caves. And we go back to uh, an animated series antagonist. Um, But again, like, yeah, just not pushing forward, pushing through enough. And I go back to that hope of, all right, they're, they're fully accepted. Now this, this little show that, could through three seasons you know they're in live action now with strange new worlds and a far bigger audience and i i just don't know that they capitalized as well as they could have yeah i i I would agree i think of the third episode in the cradle of exelon and just some of the story bits there like scanning the computer chips and just things like that where it's a good bit of business. Is it where they're at as lieutenants junior grade? Like, again, there's that kind of, as I said before, there's kind of this middle, there's this middle area that we are in. And who knows, Pete, maybe they've had these discussions. Maybe they've had this self-reflection and whatever the X factor is, is already being baked into the fifth season. Um, one can certainly hope because we, we love this show. We love these characters and, um, separate from whatever the slowly but perpetually declining financial situation is for Paramount Global, you know this is a strong. This is a strong. Lower Decks is a strong property, let alone the strength of Star Trek in general. Well, don't just take our word for it, Matt. What did our listeners have to say about this fourth season? We ran a poll for the season. Uh, the lowest rung was one skull. Trek is dead to me. That got 5%. I'm sure, Pete, that as we get down to the comments, people will have a salient explanation of that. It's not just people cruising on Twitter looking for hashtag Star Trek to downvote stuff. Um, Two, crying emoji. Tragic backstory got 0%. Three, uh, uh, lucky charms here. Orion Green, 20%. Then four stars. Starburst got 75%. So vote-wise, some... uh, some strength there. Uh, first reply to the tweet from uh, Acrostaplictic Lincoln. That's at tests LC139 with another acrostic poem that spells out uh, boldly going. 
He says, Boimler, Mariner, and the gang are tried and true lower deckers. We sure do love these young scientists. Genesis device <laughs> strapped in. Orion pirate royalty. Intelligent comm badges and Nova fleets trying our shield. Give us season five now. That was delightfully, delightfully stated there. Oh. Uh, next, we hear from Pumpkin Spice Has No Pumpkin at KCLYLE1. Love the tendy background, Twain talk, and Mariner's growth. The return of Locarno was the icing on the cake. Great season. Next up, Diana Bodenberg. Really had fun watching this season. I think my two favorites were the Tuvix premiere and the I Have No Bones episode. I mean, when an episode gives you your gives your poll an option of Moopsie, what else could you ask for? <laughs> it is true. I feel like Moopsie is the breakaway character of the season. I may very well be. I mean, maybe there's a, a boopsie return in the offing. Although, I mean, we saw Gucci again, no dialogue. That's, you know, an expectation because Jack McBrayer is a guest star. He's going to cost a couple bucks, but, uh, you know, hopeful that uh, we'll get some more Gucci in the future. Fael at ready for spooky season that's at Fael says twaining and i see you replied twin twains uh i think we are all going to fondly remember the just the twaining that we got from this season that was a lot of fun it was cute um do you return to it there in the finale i don't know that i would have gone that way uh but they did and and that's what it is maybe and i don't know Maybe the show was trying to push a degree of serialization that the show just does not want. Like, I'm thinking of the success of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, where is there a through line? There's absolutely a through line, sometimes through all the episodes. But you can also just sit and say, hey, let me show you an episode of this thing. Hey, heads up. The one with the ears and the nurse, they're in a relationship. Other than that, here we go, self-contained, let's go. You know, we've discussed how that that seems to be where Star Trek wants to be. Maybe Lower Decks had had 10% too much serialization, even though we were saying it wasn't like the fully serial season the way they, they said it was. I don't know. Sometimes things have a mind of their own. Kind of like Moopsie. Uh, next, we hear from Brett Desmo Williams is at BW Desmo. A really solid season. I didn't care for Mariner being so reckless and risking her friends while working through the loss of an Academy friend, but I like the growth. And last tweet, Pete, comes from Eric Leonard. That's at uh, uh, Freebodar. Freebodar, indeed. What a great season it was. All good episodes tied together by a big bad villain. The tie into TNG's First Duty and Lower Decks was superb and makes Quirky Mariner make more sense. So, Pete, ending on a note. (laughs) Freebodar. Indeed. Uh, Freebodar, a.k.a. Eric Leonard, ending on a positive note there. Well, Pete, though this feed is about to go into space hibernation shortly, what with no news of further Star Trek dates in the future, although Discovery coming, Lower Decks coming, uh, we could not have taken this journey without those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek. Absolutely. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive content, all sorts of levels to choose from you, place the value on the podcast but if you can't contribute right now you get yourself over to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating or a review to any of our 30 
four, soon to be 35, 36 podcast feeds. And Pete, let's keep the Star Trek conversation going because if I've learned anything from our 10 years of podcasting, it's when we put like a stamp on something like no one knows when the next discovery date will be. <laughs> Normally it's like the next day oh. or like tonight during the this evening during the football, they'll be like, and special news, here's Sonika Martin Green telling us Discovery returns January 2nd or whatever. Yeah, so. so especially now that we've we've solved the strikes. So uh yeah uh any any day any minute now fully expect we'll get those other things uh but again we'll be bringing you the marbles tomorrow we got uh some other stuff in the offing past that so pete how can people be in touch with you to talk about star trek to talk about the future things the star wars the marvels etc you can find me on Twitter, on threads, on Blue Sky at Peter, P I E T E R J K L R K E T E L A A R, 12,600 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter, is looking back lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, and threads where we are fantasticgeek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word like it today. Back tomorrow for the Marvels, back next weekend for Loki, back to discuss Star Trek when Star Trek news warrants. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all listeners and give you the final season four word. Boopsie. I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her. Excuse me?